Uh, very good. But we're not here to talk about unicorns. Uh, uh, so we're going to jump into things here. Um, but we are talking about sharing gifts uh, here uh, and uh, a gift in particular uh, that we can share uh, with people. But we're going to review first. Uh, our theme we've been talking about is disciple shift. All right. And let's review here. Uh, so we'll look back week one. All right. Uh, well, at least the first from two weeks ago. Uh, we looked at the question, what is a disciple? Matthew 4, 18, follow me uh, and I will make you uh, fishers of men. Uh, a disciple defined, we said, a disciple is someone who follows Jesus uh, with their head, heart, and hands. And someone committed to following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and fulfilling the mission of Jesus there. Um, so, uh, and then a week ago, we looked at... Um, there, the question, what is the goal of discipleship? Um, we looked into Colossians 1.28, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ, all right? And uh, we, we talked about what that maturity, spiritual maturity looks like. Um, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, uh, we said. And so spiritual maturity is the goal, being conformed uh, to his image, and uh, Nick kind of, uh, he, he gave us a, a word picture from scripture. You find it uh, throughout scripture of the potter and the clay um, and the idea of God uh, as a potter forming us um, and uh, in, as, as the clay. And so, um, and he gave a phrase, a takeaway that said, we become more like what we love, okay? Um, what we pour our time, our effort, our energy into who uh, we pour our time, effort, and energy into, um, that's who or what we will become more like. And so um, the, as a disciple of Jesus, um, when we pour our time, effort, and energy, pour ourselves into uh, spending time with him, uh, that's a way we become more like him, a goal of discipleship there. Um, so uh, with that being said, I'm going to step away. Uh, from the mic a little bit here, um, but uh, over the next four teachings, we're going to talk about uh, the discipleship roadmap for spiritual maturity. Um, basically, how do we actually make disciples? Um, today, we're talking about one of four. Uh, the four are share, connect, minister, and multiply. Uh, but today, we're talking about sharing. And the first step uh, along the roadmap to spiritual maturity uh, is to share. Um, and you can see up here on the slide, sharing our lives, biblical truth, biblical habits, and sharing the gospel here. Um, so we're going to start in the book of Acts. So if you have a Bible uh, there, and again, if you needed one uh, and you just came in, you can raise your hand, you'll get you one. We're going to start in the book of Acts. So that's in the New Testament, more than halfway through there. There's Matthew, Mark, Luke, which we were, we've been in Luke a bunch, uh, John, and then uh, the book of Acts. There, all right? Um, so I'll give you a second to find Acts. Um, and I'll give you a little background while you're looking. Uh, it is, uh, I would say, most, mostly all scholars agree uh, that the author uh, of the book of Acts is Luke. Um, so um, we have uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, all right? And then we have uh, Luke as the author of the book of Acts. And it's kind of a... Uh, like a, a companion piece or a second part uh, to his gospel. Um, and I'm going to give you a little background. Uh, the summary of the book of Acts is provided in uh, chapter 1, verse 8. 
Um, so if you're like right at the start of Acts there, um, you, can, uh, you can look right into chapter 1 and verse 8 there. Um, and would somebody read uh, Acts 1, 8 for us? Anybody willing to read chapter 1, verse 8 of the book of Acts here? All the way in the back, Daniel. Samaria. Yep. Very good. All right. Uh, Jesus talking. All right. Uh, to his disciples here, or apostles here, and he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. All right, so uh, this, is, this is a decent summary of the book of, uh, of Acts. Um, so uh, we see in, in Acts uh, early on uh, the Christ followers, the followers of Jesus, uh, they receive the Holy Spirit. So we've talked about God the Father. Uh, we've talked about the Son, His Son Jesus. All right? And we have the Holy Spirit as well. Um, there's really not an easy way um, for our minds to comprehend how God is uh, three in one. The, you know, you've probably heard the word or, phrase, or the, the, the word the Trinity. Um, and so, I mean, these, these uh, definitely fall short in description. But, like, when I'm talking to kids, sometimes I'm like, if you have a glass of water, right? It's water, right? And, and what form is it in? Someone shout it out. Liquid, right? So you can take that liquid, you can put it in the freezer, right? And what happens? It becomes a solid, and we call it ice, right? Still the same glass of water, all right? Uh, it's in a different form, all right? You take that ice, you put it in a, a pot on the stove, all right? And uh, you heat it up, all right? And it becomes a, a vapor, right? So, uh, and it's the same, still the same cup of water at the start there. All right, uh, they have distinct names, water, you know, ice and, and a vapor there. Now this falls short, but it's, it's kind of an idea, all right, or a, you know, it pales in comparison to uh, describing it, but, uh, but it's one God in three persons there, all right? Uh, and so we have the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, Jesus promises and leaves the Holy Spirit with, all right, these followers. Um, and uh, gives them the power. It's, it's, uh, it's God in us, the Holy Spirit in us, as a comforter, as a guide, as a teacher, and so much more. Um, Acts chapter 2 verse, uh, or through chapter 7, and we're not going to read all of this, of course, but it describes the rapid growth of the church. All right, the, the, the early church starts to grow. So the church is forming and, and, and growing here in the book of Acts. Um, and then, chapters 8 to 12, uh, followers of Jesus uh, begin to be persecuted. And their stories, though, people start to, to realize that these people are following Jesus. They're saying, this is, this, you know, uh, this is who we've devoted our life to. And they're willing to even die for him. And they're being persecuted, all right? And through this persecution, the gospel, or the news about Jesus, spreads. That he is, uh, that he lived, died, uh, and rose again, overcame the power of uh, sin and death, and that he offers life to those who would put their faith and trust in him. And so, um, there, the the gospel, the good news about Jesus, starts to spread 
Um, and then in chapters 13 through 28, almost half the book, Paul, uh, we've talked a little bit about Paul and his followers, uh, or his companions rather, uh, spread the good news of the gospel throughout the Roman Empire. Um, so, um, we're, we're going to be uh, just looking in chapter 2 here, um, and uh, we have uh, the, the beginning of the church uh, starting to come about. First, as we talked about with the Holy Spirit coming upon followers of Jesus, and the crazy thing happens, they start to speak in languages to all these different people uh, that they didn't know how to speak, but uh, that, these, that these people then were able to understand. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, they could speak and share uh, the gospel, share who Jesus is to these people in uh, their native tongues. Um, and so uh, the gospel starts to spread verbally. Uh, Peter gets up. We've talked about Paul, and, and then uh, many times we've, we've heard about Peter and teachings about Peter, another follower of Jesus, uh, in our time here. Peter gets up and shares uh, about uh, how the Old Testament talked about how Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. Um, and when we say Messiah, we mean the Savior, the, the, the chosen and anointed one, the one who God sent uh, to save us. Um, and so, uh, then third, uh, we have people believing. Uh, they repent, trust Jesus will, to forgive their sins, and agree to be baptized as a public sign that they're now Jesus followers. And that quickly, the church is born. So, uh, look at Acts chapter 2, verses 22 to 24. Can we get somebody to read uh, Acts 2, 22 to 24 for us, please? A volunteer. Right here, Peyton in the front. Counting the story of Jesus. He's telling Jesus a story. He's telling them a story. And as he tells them, he does, uh, he tells them truth here uh, boldly. He speaks boldly. He says that Jesus was sent by God. He performed miracles, wonders, healing, signs, all of these things. All right. And he did it amongst all of you who I'm talking to. All right. Uh, he also says, This man was handed over to you by God's plan. It wasn't a surprise to God, it didn't fool God or anything like that, but he was handed over to you by God's plan, and you, he's saying, with the help of other, with wicked men, all right, uh, you put him to death by nailing him to the cross. Um, but the story doesn't end there. He, he goes on to say, uh, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. I love that phrase. Uh, that, that death couldn't hold him. Uh, the grave could not hold Jesus. Uh, let's skip over to verses 36 to 41, or skip ahead. Can somebody read uh, those verses for us? Chapter 2 still, verses 36 to 41. Gabby? Let all the house of Israel, therefore, know for certain that God has made him both Lord, Lord and Christ, who is Jesus Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? 
And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this wicked generation. For those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 years. Awesome. Very cool. This is our key passage here uh, for, for tonight's teaching in, in chapter 2, verses 22 to 24, and then 36 to 41. Uh, in, in between there is Peter talking about some of those Old Testament uh, prophets um, who foretold that Jesus would come and that this is what he would do. And he's he's preaching and, and uh, essentially, you know, uh, can like telling them, sharing that truth with them and revealing that uh, to them through his teaching. But uh, here he says uh, that uh, God made Jesus, whom he crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah, uh, our, our master and our savior, our rescuer, um, that God, uh, God sent him for that purpose there. Um, and it says when the people heard this, uh, they were cut to the heart. That's going to be really important for us uh, to hear. That, and I, again, I love that phrase, uh, that they were cut uh, to the heart. What do you think that means? What would you what would you think that phrase that when they heard this, given the context here, that they were cut to the heart? All right, deeply convicted, and and um, can you put that in other words as well? What do you think? Felt bad. Okay, okay, not only felt bad, but wanted ch to change. Maybe all right. They they uh, uh, so uh, they felt a need uh, for for action or response. They were moved. Is that maybe another word that they were moved? Uh, and they uh, they heard this truth. Uh, they heard they heard they heard it said. They said this is like this this means something for me, and and it and it deserves a response. Um, and uh, it was a movement inside uh, their hearts here, and in, uh, inside their hearts and their heads here. And so um, and then uh, the people after they were they were moved like this. Uh, the phrase here in the Bible says, brothers, what shall we do in my, in, in the uh, translation I'm reading from? Um, but it's like, what are we going to do? Like, we heard this news. Like, what do we do now? What's next? How do we respond is, is the question, uh, you know, that they're asking. And uh, Peter's reply, uh, what does he say? Uh, what does he tell them to do here after uh, it says here, uh, in verse 37, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replies, what? Uh, Bronwyn. Right. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Um, so, uh, since he says that here, uh, we're going to look at that, uh, that word a little bit here. But um, Peter's, uh, the audience in this time, all right, I don't think is, is that much different from the, the friends uh, that you and I have um, who, don't, who don't know Jesus uh, or who don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. That question, what should we do? What do we do? When we look at this world, I think, uh, sometimes we might ask that question. What are we gonna do? Or our friends might ask that, this question like, you know, they, they might feel lost or confused uh, at times and, and ask that question, what are we gonna do? And some people, Kind of throw their hands up other people try to answer that question in their own power or they try to solve that in their own power and we see it all over 
the world, whether they're trying to, to save the earth, you know, by cleaning up pollution or, or they try to figure out ways to live longer or, or you know, cheat death or whatever, all right? And, and a lot of these things are not necessarily bad in and of themselves unless they're trying to take the place of God. Unless they're trying, we're trying to save ourselves, all right? Or um, unless we're try, trying to say we don't have a need for God and God's not doing anything, we need to take matters into our own hands, all right? Um, we should never confuse, all right, um, the, the, the time that it seems uh, that God might be taking uh, to restore this earth uh, and this world uh, to, to what he initially made it to be. We should never confuse that for him being absent or for him being slow. Uh, if he's ever waiting, it's because he wants more people to come to repentance. Um, and so that, there's that word again, uh, repent and trust Jesus. So what does it mean uh, to repent? It's right up here. Uh, can someone read it for us? What does it mean uh, to repent? To repent is, anyone? Yes, Luna. Very good, that is correct. <laughs> so, uh, awesome, so this is the definition of repentance. To repent is to make a change of mind, heart, and action uh, by turning away from sin and self and returning uh, to God, all right? It's an idea of uh, heading in this direction, uh, stopping, turning in the complete opposite direction and going uh, that way, mind, heart, and action. All right. Um, so essentially, uh, we we heard Peter preach like the first sermon to the church here. All right, to, to the uh, to the early church, uh, we heard him preach uh, this message, and the heart of his message was the gospel. And gospel means what? What does the word gospel mean? Does anybody know? Or how could it be translated? Good news. It's good news. All right. The good news about Jesus. Here, so the gospel, the good news, how we can go from being lost to being found, how we can go from being broken to being healed, uh, how we can go uh, from uh, being separated to reunited, from captivity to freedom, from hopeless to hopeful, and ultimately how we go from being dead to being alive. All right, it's the, it's the, the truth it's the news about how we go from being spiritually dead, which is separated from God, to being alive, which is being with God. That's the only way to be truly fully uh, alive. Uh, and so, um, this is uh, this is good news. Uh, and what do we do when we have good news? We do what? We share it, right? Uh, when you have a good story to tell, when you have uh, good news when, and, and you talk to your friends, when something uh, you come across, uh, good news uh, in your life, we share it, all right? Uh, we, we spent time, that's why we did the icebreaker we did, uh, to share things about our lives. We talk about our lives, but also uh, we, we share uh, especially good news when we have it. So that is the step, our first step along the roadmap here uh, to spiritual maturity or growth or how, how we become or how we make disciples, uh, the first step is to share. And what do we do in that step? 
Uh, we can look uh, right here. Uh, we imitate Jesus in a lost world. We invite people to respond to Jesus, and we begin to teach them how to be built up in their faith, digging deep roots to avoid becoming captive to worldly beliefs. So first, we'll look at imitate. Um, imitate means we live like Christ-like ambassadors in a lost world. In other words, we share his love. All right? Uh, look at some of these scriptures here that we'll, uh, we'll put up in John chapter 13, um, verses uh, 34 to 35. It says, A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Um, I've heard it said that there's, you know, uh, you can look at it two different ways. There's nothing that drives people away uh, from Jesus more than people who say that they're followers of him uh, but live a life completely the opposite of how he lived, all right, uh, and treat each other with, with uh uh, like unkindly or hate and and uh, and hurt like hurting each other and um, you know living as hypocrites uh, that drives people away. But evangelism is strongest, or sharing the gospel is strongest when we uh, are who we were uh, created to be, and we live that out in our lives. When we when our lives are consistent with what we say about Jesus's love and how Jesus lived and how we're followers of him. When, we, when those things match up, what we say and what we do, there's that, that's when evangelism or sharing the gospel is most powerful, when people see those things lining up. So um, we're, we're to love one another. That's one way we imitate uh, uh, Jesus. Ephesians 5, 1 to 2, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Um, and uh, so that's, that's at the heart of the gospel, um, that God loved us, we're his children, uh, made by him to be in relationship with him. Um, and then he sent Jesus, uh, who loved us and gave himself up for us as a sacrifice. Um, that's the story of uh, Jesus and uh and who he is and what he's done for us. Um, and Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus loved people. Uh, we see that all throughout the accounts of the gospel. Jesus loved people. He went out to people. He reached out to people. He took time to get to know people. He met their physical needs, uh, and he met their spiritual needs. Um, so uh, we are to imitate him. Uh, that's one step along the way of um, sharing here um, is uh, we share our time, our energy, our lives. We share our lives and our love uh, with people. Ultimately, by doing so, in doing so, we share God's love with people. The next one is to invite. It means we offer the opportunity to respond to Jesus's message of salvation. So we share his story. So we share his love first, we share his story. Now, um, you can see, uh, we're gonna put up a, um, uh, a description of uh, what scripture says about what his, his story is. Now, uh, I want to tell you that there's not one set formula or way to share the gospel, 
or share the good news. All right? I will say there are, um, there's lots of approaches, but there's the same core truths, scriptural truths in, in all of them. All right? But uh, we see throughout scripture, uh, Jesus talking to Nicodemus, and he, uh, he tells him he needs to be born again. And Nicodemus, uh, a, a Pharisee, a, a Jewish leader, is like, to be, be born again? What's like, how am I supposed to go back into my mother's womb and be born again? Like, uh, and, and Jesus describes, you know, uh, that he needs to be spiritually born again. All right? And so uh, we see um, Peter in the message that he gave. Uh, he told the story. Uh, you know, of how God sent uh, Jesus and you saw him perform miracles. Uh, you, along with other people, put him to death. Um, but God, uh, in his power, he was raised, he overcame death uh, and sin. And so, um, and so ultimately, as we share the gospel, though, we don't want to just share um, our only our story. Okay? It's part of that. We share how we came to know Jesus. Um, as we share our lives with people, but we need to uh, use scripture because this is God's story. And so one um, method for that is in the book of Romans. There's the, uh, you know, Romans road or the road uh, uh, to salvation here. And uh, there's some scripture here. And the nice thing about this is if you were talking someone through it, um, you could show them in scripture. You're not telling them as you share the good news with them, you're not just saying, um, this is what I think. You're saying this is what God's word says. Um, so, real quickly, Romans three twenty three says, uh, "All of sin that falls short of the glory of God." We uh, sin is missing the mark. Uh, anything that God has commanded us, commanded us to do that we've rebelled against and not done, or something He's told us not to do, a boundary He set for us that we've rebelled against Him and we've crossed. All right. It's missing the mark. We've, uh, we've all made mistakes. We've all sinned. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, or the payment for sin is death. What we, what we earn for sin is death. Physical death is a result of sin, but also spiritual death, which is separation from God. So because of sin, the payment, what we deserve, what we all have earned from sin is separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And there's that word gift. We've talked about presence, gifts, that's no mistake here. All right, um, it's a gift. It's given freely by Jesus, but it's given freely, but it cost him his life. But when you give someone a present for, say, a birthday or something, we talked about that, all right, you either spend time making it, if it's a handmade gift, or you spend money making um, to, to, to buy it. It costs you something. You give it to them freely, usually. It's rare that you give someone a Christmas gift or a birthday gift and be like, that'll be nice. <laughs> Alright, like, that would be really awkward and really appropriate. Alright, just a, a vehicle pop. Alright, for those of you who don't know, culturally, that is not okay. Uh, to, you know, to, to give someone a birthday gift and then charge them for it. But you're like, I'll just follow out of possible sweat cards. Just that moment, you know, so whatever. So we don't that's not a thing, all right? So it costs us something, but it's given. You give it, um, you know, freely. Now, when you receive a gift, though, you don't usually just, it's often wrapped. You don't usually just put it down and be like, thanks. And then maybe at the time, it's not the right time to open it. But eventually, you open it, usually. So you can experience it. 
I don't know about you, I mean, maybe some of you have like your four-year-old Christmas gift still, the birthday gift still wrapped. Uh, that would be amazing with strength. But um, we open it, we look into it, we examine it, we use it, we experience it, all right? Uh, similarly, with the gift of, of salvation, uh, the gift of Jesus, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, we experience it. Um, and uh, so um, that's in, in another way when we see that word gift. Um, and then, and maybe it's taken a little while, you know, in terms of the metaphor, I don't know, but our kids, like when you get a new gift, you just want to play with it a lot of times. But eventually, you know, a lot of times we'll share that gift with others. Or at least you'll be like, look at this thing I got, you know, and then uh, look what I have and, and I want to share it with you. I want you to experience it as well. And so, uh, that gives us, a, again, a, a dim picture, but it's a picture of the gift of, uh, of salvation. Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrates or shows his love for us uh, in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not when we got everything together and got perfect on our own. Then he accepts us or sent Jesus. In our mess, all right, at our worst, um, God shows his love for us by sending Jesus to die for us. Um, and Romans 10, 9, and 10, uh, this is our response. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified, with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Um, and Romans 10, 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You may be familiar with other verses like John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for it is by uh, grace we are saved through faith. It's not of works, uh, so that no one can boast. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. We didn't earn this on our own. It's a gift from God um, by grace through faith. Um, so we're called uh, to share his story. Uh, and 1 Peter 3.15 says that. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We're called to do this with love, with gentleness, uh, with respect for people, with relationally. We listen to their story. We share how we came to know Jesus and we point them to God's word and God cuts them to the heart, or God speaks to their heart, as we saw in Acts. God's the one who does the work and moves in their hearts. Um, when people uh, receive Jesus and accept that invitation, they're born again and become a new person. We see in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 18. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here, and all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This just means he gave us the message to share with others about how to be made right with God uh, or be aligned with God again. Um, and then, uh, so um, beyond that in discipleship, uh, then we share by teaching. Um, teaching means we help people build a foundation of faith and to dig deep roots so they will not fall prey to the lies of the world. And we looked at this passage last year in Colossians 2, uh, 6 through 8, um, where it says, uh, Colossians 2, 6, 8, um, 
that just as you receive Christ as Lord, then continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. And see to it that no one takes cap you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So we're called to share his truth and disciplines, to, to um, share with people time in God's word, in prayer, and in fellowship, what you're doing now. That's a way that we share by inviting people out to TNT uh, to, uh, to experience what you have and are experiencing. So we share his love, we share his story, and we share his truth and disciplines. And if you look at the word discipline, what's it look like? What's the word discipline look like? Disciple, all right? Uh, so uh, those, those words are connected or related. And the last thing that I just want to point out here uh, is that it is God who saves, not us. Uh, ultimately, it's God who opens people's eyes and hearts. We see that in John chapter 6, 44. It says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them, and I will raise them up on the last day. And then in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in jars of clay. We heard that before, right? Last week, the clay and the potter. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. I want to close with a note from my Bible on that verse. It says, uh, in Bible times, it was customary to conceal treasure in clay jars. All right? Um, those clay jars had little value or beauty and did not attract attention to themselves. So instead of keeping their treasure in an ornate, shiny, gem-covered, you know, uh, treasure chest, all right, basically, they kept, they, many people would keep treasures in jars of clay that wouldn't draw attention, okay? Also, um, they, were, uh, they were frail. Uh, so um, these, uh, these treasures here uh, were stored in something, a, a vessel that was frail and easily broken, all right? But people chose to put their treasure uh, there to show all right, uh, and you could even, uh, sometimes these things would, they, they would have cracks in them, maybe holes in them, you know, uh, where you could see, you know, if you were to, to look closely, uh, see that treasure uh, within in them. In a similar way, we as frail, broken people carry uh, this great treasure of the gospel uh, within us, and we're called to share it with others. Um, so that's the application uh, questions as we head to, to small groups here. Um, some of the questions that we have to look into. Are you sharing uh, by imitating Christ? Are you sharing Jesus' invitation with others? Are you sharing biblical truths and habits with others? And are you sharing your life with people? And if you are already a believer, outside of your Christian friend circle as well. Um, some things to think about. Um, as we uh, head to small group in a minute, but not yet. Um, and then we're going to look also coming up here uh, at the next slide, if I can see that there. Um, this is a scale. Now it's small, a little hard to see. Um, your leaders may talk about this they, um, if you have time, but this is uh, just, it's a man-made scale. But the idea is 
people start, might start with no awareness of God at the bottom, okay? Um, and uh, then it moves up to some awareness of God, contact with Christians, interest in Jesus, and then growing more, investigating Jesus, grasping truth about him, understanding some of the implications about that truth, and then moving into from a fringe relationship to Jesus to a friend, accepting Christian truth, implications of becoming a Christian, and then in yellow there, the decision to surrender to Jesus, and then we become part of his family, gaining confidence in the decision, experiencing change, learning the basics of your faith, learning Christian disciplines, sharing faith with others, and then continuing to grow. If you could place yourself anywhere along there just with a number, you know, just kind of look at that if you find yourself somewhere on that list because you might even talk about that in your small groups. Um, so we'll leave that up there for a second. I'm going to pray, uh, and then we'll look at what's going on next week, and we'll head to small groups. So let's pray together. God, thank you. Uh, thank you that you made us for a relationship with you. Lord, we rebelled against that relationship. We resist. All of us have sinned. Lord, we have, we're, we're born into sin because of uh, what happened uh, with Adam and Eve. And, uh, Lord, that nature is passed on, but we've all sinned in action as well and resisted and rebelled against you. But uh, while we were still sinners, uh, Jesus, you died um, and rose again, uh, overcame the power of sin and death. Um, you lived, died, and rose again and, and uh, overcame sin and death, and you offer us life. Um, and uh, then we're faced with a decision. If, we're, as, if you move in our hearts and, and cut to the heart, Lord, uh, to respond to you, and our response is to, to surrender, to give our lives over to you, um, put our faith and trust in you to repent, turn away from the one direction we are going uh, in the opposite direction from you and turn towards you and follow you. Uh, so we have, uh, Lord, that as you move in us, uh, that decision, Lord, and, and if there's anyone in this room who hasn't uh, ever decided to put their faith and trust in you, Lord, if they have questions, I pray that they would ask questions of their leaders, that they look into your word. If they're ready to do so, Lord, if there's anyone in this room who's ready tonight to say they want to put their faith and trust in you, to repent uh, and trust in you for the forgiveness of their sins, Lord, they can know that they have the opportunity to do that tonight with their leaders, Lord, um, directly with you. Um, and we thank you uh, then for the gift that we know that when we put our faith and trust in you, um, that we become part of your family. Um, Lord, and, and uh, Lord, as followers and disciples of you. Uh, and so, um, God, I pray uh, tonight that those who do know that gift would be, um, would just practice sharing it and know uh, that they have the, your Holy Spirit within them to give them the words to say. Lord, they have your scripture. We're, we're uh, given your scripture so that we can just point others to it um, and share your story and your love uh, and your truth with them. And so, God, we uh, thank you for all of that, and we pray uh, these things uh, in your holy name. Amen. All right. Uh, we're going to, uh, next week, I think we have a slide here, the goal of sharing.